The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad you could tune in and join me today. We're going to have some fun. I'm excited about my guest today. We're going to talk about astrology and do kind of a deep dive into astrology. Now, you're probably thinking, oh, you know, I, I read my horoscope. I know what's going on. But there's a lot more to it. It can be really intricate, and it's so fascinating. You know, astrology has been dated as far back as the second millennium BCE. I had to look this up, BCE. I didn't even know what that means. I've heard of BC, you know, before Christ. BCE, before Common Era. That's how old astrology systems go back to. And its roots are in the calendar systems used for predicting events based on celestial observations. So people have been looking to the skies for, you know, thousands of years to try to figure out what's going on here on Earth in our life. You know, most people are familiar with Western astrology, which is what we'll be talking mostly about today. But there's also a lot of other forms and schools of thought like Vedic astrology, the Indian school, Hindu and Chinese systems. And people really make decisions based on what's going on in the skies. You know, the American Federation of Astrologers puts the number of people in the U.S. who read their horoscope every day as high as 70 million. That's 23% of the population are checking out their astrological horoscopes and signs and what's going on. That's a lot of people. I was surprised to read that number. So we're going to jump into this and talk about astrology and the planets and what's going on. And if you'd like to join the conversation, the number 816-251-3555. So let me introduce my guest. My guest today is going to demystify astrology for us and share how we can best use this ancient system. Andy Velotti has been providing astrological guidance to thousands of people since 2002, and his number one goal is to make astrology easy to understand and apply for all of his clients. And Andy views astrology as a tool that provides self-insight, a better understanding of our potential, and an objective view of the landscape ahead so we can make empowered and informed choices that will enrich our journey. And Andy has a free will approach to astrology that we're going to delve into and see see what that means. What is free will? So, Andy, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you could join me today and talk about astrology. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you. And chat with all of our Unity Radio listeners. This will be fun. So we were introduced uh, by a, a mutual friend, and, and you didn't know me or anything about me. And Correct. I said, okay, I'll, I'll have a chart done. You know, I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> I want to know what's going on in the skies. So uh, you did my natal chart, and I have a copy of it here. And I was really blown away by your insight and how you were able to really bring out aspects of my personality and things that there's no way that you could have known you know, any, anything, anything about me, you know, personally. So I was really impressed by your, by your reading and the, you know, the real handle that you had on astrology. So tell me how you first got interested in it. How, how uh, long have you been doing it and studying it? 
Well, I first got interested in it. You know, growing up, I remember just at home, we would have books on astrology. So, you know, I, I was six years old and I knew that I was a Gemini. I knew my, my sun sign and all of that. Um, and then I had my first natal chart reading as a birthday gift when I was 14 years old. And that was the first time when I actually realized that there was a lot more to it than just my sun sign. You know, here was this astrologer with my entire chart that contained the moon and Jupiter and Saturn and Venus, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so that was the first moment when things kind of started clicking. And then uh, when I went to college when I was 18 is when I started really wanting to learn for myself, okay, so what does this all mean? Because I, I started to realize that simply knowing your sun sign and just reading your horoscope, so to speak, wasn't really a good representation of astrology. Um, and then I really started delving into it in around 2001, 2002. Uh, and since then, I've just been, you know, continuously learning and just doing hundreds, if not thousands of charts over, over the past 17 years, because um, that really is the best way to, to learn and master astrology. Is just working with people directly and then doing their charts. And then the more mm -hmm. you learn, the more people that you read, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's definitely, <clears throat> uh, you know, astrological literature that teaches you the themes and the archetypes and what things mean. But it's really in doing charts that you start to see how this plays out and you start recognizing, oh, wow, you know, every time I do a reading and somebody is going through a Pluto transit, there's these same themes. So to me, doing charts was the absolute best way to learn the concepts and really integrate them. So after doing it for so many people and over so many years, what was there a common thing that kind of would, would rise up that you noticed after working with all these people? Because really, if you talk to skeptics, they'll say, oh, this is, you know, it's junk science. It's a pseudoscience. It's not really true. You know, what, what's happening in the skies doesn't affect us here on Earth, you know, in our, in our daily lives. But after doing all those readings and studying for as long as you have, could you see something kind of rise up as truth from all of the people that you've worked with? Oh, yeah. Well, it's really, you know, interesting how because each of the planets have archetypes. So, for example, you know, Neptune has to do with things dissolving. Uranus has to do with sudden changes. Pluto has to do with deep transformation. And most people who I was doing charts for, it was their first time doing a chart. So these were not people who were astrology buffs by any means. And uh, without a doubt, if somebody had undergone a massive sudden change, they had gone through a Uranus transit. Um, if somebody's life had kind of turned upside down, there was Pluto involved. And that's why a lot of times when I do somebody's chart, um, I like to go back and, and mention times in the past that to me seem, well, not to me seem, but they actually were astrologically very intense and that's what always blows people away. You know, when I say, well, in 1984, between August and November, that was a time of immense change. And people say, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's when blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's one thing about astrology. When you, when you start doing a chart, you, you can get very specific and talk about very specific time periods. Um, and they always pan out. Right. That's so interesting. So it would always correlate so if you saw something that was going on in the skies at a certain time with someone's chart and then you ask them about it each time they would say oh yeah this happened or this life event happened 
That, that seems unbelievable. <laughs> it's like so, yeah, so interesting. Yeah, and that's and that's why I always tell people, you know, I, I respect whatever people believe, but a lot of people's idea of astrology is based on horoscopes, which is not really what astrology is about. Astrology is really about, you know, studying somebody's entire chart, tracking it through time, and really talking about all the components. I mean, mainstream astrology, um, you know, gets a little bit silly sometimes. Like, it's not just, you know, Gemini's have, you know, have two personalities. That's not really astrology. That's more of a, of a mainstream kind of pop culture way of talking about it. But true astrology gets very detailed, and that's how you can get to the point where you can tell somebody, you can you know, pinpoint a very specific time and even tell them what it had to do with. And that's when people go, wow, that's a lot more yeah. detail than I thought this would be. That's what impressed me when we did the chart, you know, when you gave me the chart and then we went over it, you know, re really extensively, you talked talk to me for over an hour, you know, about what was going on. And you were able to mention specific times, you know, time frames of what was going on. And I'm like, wow, you know, I've never... I've never experienced that in a reading. And I mentioned in the intro, you know, when I was poking around your website, that you have a free will approach mm -hmm. to astrology, you know, to your reading. So what, what would you say that means? What does that mean to you? What that, well, what that means is that, so here's the thing, you know, a birth chart simply provides information. So I often like to give the analogy of a GPS. So in, in in a GPS, when you put your destination, the GPS will get a lay of the land and based on that, tell you the fastest way you can arrive to where you want to be. Uh, but you are in the driver's seat. The GPS does not drive the car for you. You decide if you want to follow it or not. You decide if, you, if at some point you want to you know, get off at an exit and get something to eat. That's totally up to you. And it's similar with this in the sense that astrology shows you um, cycles. It, it recommends better times to do something over something else, but you are ultimately deciding what you want to do. So it's not that, uh, that planets make things happen or make you act a certain way. Um, it's like a weather forecast. You know, if, if you look at the weather forecast and it says it's 28 degrees, well, you decide how you want to dress based on that information. If you want to go out in a, in a tank top and shorts, you certainly can. You're not going to really enjoy it. Um, but ultimately, you always have the final say in what you do. But again, with astrology, you have a, an advantage because you're getting some uh, kind of behind-the-scenes information that will help you make choices that better align with where you want to be. Right. So you wouldn't tell people something fear-based or, oh, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. Not but at all. It's, have... it's, it's one of my pet peeves. That's one of my pet peeves, yeah. like what I call fatalistic astrology. Um, I don't like fear-based anything because here's the thing too that, you know, I, I tell people, because sometimes in astrology, you will be telling somebody that there's some challenging times ahead. But I think what makes a good astrologer is that you're able to, to tell people what they're supposed to learn from that time and how to best navigate it. Um, it's not about being afraid. It's, if anything, it's about being empowered and knowing that this challenging time is meant to teach you something, whether it's self-empowerment or how to be more independent or how to trust your judgment. There's always good in whatever is happening in your life. I think it's such a great tool to get you to go within and maybe think a little bit about what's 
going to happen if I make this choice? I mean, because ultimately you are going to decide what you're, you're the pilot of the ship, you know, you're going to make that choice of what you're going to do, but it just gives you an added tool, you know, something else to give mm-hmm. you a little more insight to know yourself a little bit better, to tap into your, your higher self, your intuition. I think it's really interesting. And I would love uh, for people to call in and join us and chat. I mean, you can give maybe little mini readings. I mean, obviously you can't get really in depth with someone right. just on a phone call, you know, just by knowing their birth date or something like that. But you could give them a little insight of, you know, maybe what's coming up in the next few months or trends yes. or that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, yes. That would be great. So yeah, if people want to call in again, the number is 816-251-3555. We've got some people actually rolling in uh, right now, actually. You never know. We're live. <laughs> We're live, right. Andy, on the air. So, you know, any, anything can happen. Um, so, well, so one thing I also want to mention is that, uh, with birth charts, of course, people have birth charts, but one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that everything has a birth chart. That means companies have birth charts, countries have birth charts. Um, so you can also get some insight into how, you know, how a company is doing or how, or what a country is going through as a whole collectively. Now, of course, when you're analyzing a country's birth chart, it's a little bit different than a person's. Uh, but the whole point is that astrology kind of also reminds us that everything is connected. We're all connected. And so there's always an action and a reaction. And we're all kind of within this, you know, cosmic microorganism, right? That is always breathing and living and evolving. Well, let's grab a call right now. We've got someone rolling in here, joining the show. So welcome to the show, line one from New York. Can you hear me? Hello, is that me? It's you. You're line one from New York. Hey, hey Mooney. It's Mooney. I'm the mutual friend. <laughs> hey. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Um, it's going good. I just want to say I've had a couple of readings now with Andy, and they are some of the best astrology readings I've ever had. And I've had a ton of them, and they've always left me feeling like confused or not really clear on what I was supposed to do or how I was supposed to feel about it. And the part that I loved about working with Andy is that you get the information and then you also get a lot of explanation of what it could be or what it could look like or how it might show up. And I think that made it a much more enjoyable experience. And then it made it actually more valuable because I could go into all the things that were coming up or coming through the reading and be kind of, I don't know how to say like emotionally and energetically and spiritually prepared for whatever was going to happen. So it wasn't like this is definitely happening but I'd be ready for anything. So I really appreciate that. I think everybody should check them out and and sign up for a reading because I feel like it's the best version of astrology you could get, you know, for your, for the experience. So I just wanted to say that. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's so so kind. Well, and Mooney, when you brought it up to me, uh, I was just going to say, you didn't tell Andy anything about me. Mm -mm. No, nothing. Nope. So, okay, I just wanted to establish that. He did not know anything about me. No, I and knew that's nothing, what, nothing at all. Yeah, that's what blew me away about the level of detail that he was able to get into. You know, we're talking about, you know, narrowing down time frames and, and what was going on, you know, celestially with the planets and then what was happening with me and how he was able to make those those connections and and really, you know, have it make sense. Yeah, and it just felt safe and gentle in a way that, Sometimes things can be a little too mystical. 
and it gets away from you and you're kind of scratching your head and you don't know what to do with the information. And that definitely wasn't the case, you know, working with Andy, everything made a lot of sense in a way that I could understand. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you so much. You know, and that's what I mean by when I say that I want to demystify astrology is that I want to kind of totally uh, democratize it and make it easy to understand. Um, Cause you're right. I think sometimes people, might get a reading and walk away with all this jargon, not knowing what it means. Um, and one of the reasons why my readings might be longer than some others is because I, I, I prefer to take a few extra minutes to tell you why I'm telling you what I'm telling you and kind of, you know, I'm not giving you an actual astrology lesson, but I'm telling you, well, so here's what Mars represents. And what I'm seeing is that it's squaring the moon. And here's what a square means. Here's what the moon means. Because I think people need to understand that what I'm saying it's coming from a place of knowledge and not just BSing people. To me, that's really important, that, that transparency. Right. No, that's so true. And we'll, we'll demonstrate, or you'll be able to demonstrate if we get a few more people rolling in for kind of a, a quick mini reading, because I, I think it's so interesting. And I have, I have my chart here that we're going to be talking about, too. I'm going to ask Andy some questions about that. So, Mooney, when you got your reading, um, was Andy able to give you insight that was pretty exact, you know, down to time frames. Yeah, our experience is actually funny. I didn't know what time I was born. For some reason, I didn't have that time. So I, gave, I just made one up, which I thought would be okay. And it actually turned out not to be. So then I, <laughs> I think it was almost a year exactly later, I said, Andy, I told you the wrong time. And so once we redid it, everything started to make a lot more sense. And we were going backwards and we were going forwards in the timeline and things were, were matching up perfectly. And it gave me a lot of certainty around the process. And one of the things that I really want to bring up and, and ask Andy about now, too, especially, is with everything that's going on in the world, and I know we're coming out of a Mercury retrograde, what is that, what do we need to think about Mercury retrograde moving forward? Because I feel like that's been a very defining period of time. And also it's become very popular to talk about it and use it as an excuse when things don't go your way. So I just would love to know, kind of a refreshed opinion about where we are with that and, and, and how to use or how to acknowledge it moving forward. Yeah. So uh, on one hand, it's great that Mercury retrograde has become so popular and mainstream, but it also, to your point, has been misunderstood. So on the one hand, um, what happens is that, uh, you know, planets don't actually move backwards. They appear to move backwards from our perspective. And that's what's called the retrograde. Um, and actually every planet retrogrades at some point. Um, Mercury does it three times a year. And so Mercury rules things like uh, electronics, communications. Um, so what happens is that when a planet retrogrades, you can think of its energy being a little bit muted in a way um, or not operating very consciously. And so that's why Mercury retrograde has become notorious for things like delays, uh, computers breaking down, your cell phone doesn't work. Uh, you make plans with somebody and they end up not showing up because they thought you set a different time and date, things like that. But there are good things about Mercury retrograde, too, because Mercury has to do with with our thoughts and on our and our rational process. And the idea is that when Mercury retrogrades, it's the whole concept of taking two steps back to take uh, one step forward or one step back to take two steps forward. The whole point is that sometimes we can get so caught up in moving ahead that the idea of a few times a year taking a step back to see what we might have missed to go back and uh, finished anything that is unfinished is actually necessary for us to then move forward. 
Um, so that's why I tell people during Mercury retrograde, you know, reach out to somebody, uh, a work contact, maybe you haven't reached out to in a while, they might open doors for you. Or if there's something hanging, some conversation that, that has been unresolved, that's a good time to go back, address it so you can move forward. Um, so that's what I mean too by um, not doing fear-based astrology. So, you know, Mercury retrograde is not the end of the world, right? which, you know, some people tend to give it way too much power. It's all in how you use it. But the point is, it's about knowing what to do and what not to do. So during Mercury retrograde, you don't want to buy a new computer because it could break down within weeks or just not work as well. Whereas you do want to go back to anything from the past that needs to be completed so you can wrap it up and then move forward. That makes sense. I'm glad that you cleared up the Mercury retrograde controversy. That was actually one of my questions <laughs> that I had yeah. listed here. So I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Mooney. Because yeah, it's and, true. And so many it's people to talk about the the just really quickly the archetypes because um, to to Mooney's point, sometimes people tell me, "Oh, I had really bad nightmares yesterday. Mercury's in retrograde." It's like, well. But Mercury does not rule sleep or dreams. That's Neptune. So you have to know what you're talking about. So with Mercury, we're talking about communications, um, electronics, travel. So there can be travel delays. But yes, it's not like Mercury retrograde makes everything go haywire. It's very specific to the things that Mercury oversees and rules. And are we in a retrograde right now? Because I have to travel on Sunday. <laughs> We just came out no. of it. So um, so Mercury is now moving forward again. So in that sense, things should be starting to, you know, all Mercury-related things now have a green light to, to proceed with, with few hiccups. So things should be on time, which, which is good. So I won't worry about that. But every, like you mentioned, um, Neptune has certain qualities. So every planet has an effect, right? that affects something like you were just explaining with mercury retrograde. Yeah. And that's why it's so, it's so important to do a complete birth chart because so for example, Neptune has to do with, uh, you know, dreams, fantasies, imagination, romance, um, idealism, spiritualism, escape. And so by looking at the birth chart based on how your Neptune is, I can, I can get a glimpse of, are you somebody who has a tendency to escape into kind of a fantasy world, you know, how well do you integrate that? You know, Neptune also rules addictions. So you can see propensities in a birth chart, right? So if a Neptune is very afflicted, meaning that it's very challenged and involved in a lot of aspects that are problematic, that's when you want to counsel somebody to make sure that they always have something to ground them. Because if you have Neptune, not uh, a not very healthy Neptune in your chart, your immediate reaction could be to always escape or deny. So that's how you start kind of fleshing out, you know, personality traits and characteristics and telling people either to embrace them and, and nurture them because they're healthy. Or if you see something that could be problematic, I think it's in a good astrologer's toolkit to give alternative ways to handle the energy so you don't go into that lower vibration of what that planet represents. And we just have about three minutes until the break. And I just wanted to ask you real quick also about, you know, you mentioned archetypes, which I love that kind of um, knowledge, you know, learning about different archetypes. I think it's so fascinating. So since we have, have Mooney on the line, 
Um, what's your sign, Mooney? What is what are you? I am an Aquarius. I, sh I should know this. So, would you say that uh, Mooney is shows all of the traits of an Aquarius? Yeah, so you know, it, we definitely uh, have to pay attention to the sun because even though we have a lot of planets in our chart, the sun is our core and it represents our wants and it represents the heart of our chart. And so, when you're thinking about Aquarius, you know, you're talking about somebody who is unconventional, who is out of the box, um, who's very creative, who breaks rules, who doesn't, you know, who does best making their own reality. So, so, you know, a Capricorn, for example, does a lot better following structure and being part of something and following rules. Aquarius is like, I'm going to make my own and um, I'm unconventional, but also it's a very, you know, Aquarius is an air sign. And when you're talking about air signs, talking about the brain and the intellect, they're always asking questions about the greater good. They're always wondering about, you know, something that's bigger than them and where do they fit into it all. Um, and that's why Aquarius is such a progressive sign that often illuminates things that other people don't even think about. They're the trailblazers. Um, so in that sense, I think Mooney definitely um, represents those characteristics, which is good too, because it means that you're in touch with your sun sign. You know, I sometimes do readings for people where they're just not even aligned with their sun sign because in, in, to some degree, they're not in tune with their core, right? And, and with their spiritual center. And that's one thing that astrology can help people do. That's I mean, interesting. I mean, well, he I did nail you, Mooney. <laughs> that's pretty true. But the thing is that I think the, the way that all of this came about when I got that, the correct reading after I gave him the, the right, the right time, I think the thing that, that made it so powerful is I think up until that point, I'd struggled a lot with like this question of like, why am I like this in a lot of ways? Like I had, I knew that I was this way, but I didn't really value it for what it was. And then to hear it reflected back without really giving any information, like hear that reflected back and, and kind of be reassured and reaffirmed of, no, you're actually doing exactly what you're supposed to be. You're showing up as who you need to be. Like all of the decisions and thought processes and choices you're applying to your life are exactly how they're supposed to be based on what I'm seeing in your chart. That was like this huge sense of energetic and spiritual relief right. to know it that I didn't have to resist anything. I could just keep moving well, hold, forward. Hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in three minutes and continue to talk more about astrology with Andy Bellotti and check him out on his website, astrologywithandy.com. We'll be right back. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, The Diane Ray Show. Thanks for coming back after the break. Welcome, welcome, everyone. I'm Diane Ray. Thanks for being present with me today. Talking astrology with Andy Bellotti. Just getting some great information. Uh, we were chatting with our mutual friend, Mooney, here, who's had a reading with Andy as well. We've both been just blown away by his ability to just get exact and let us know, you know what's going on in the skies and how it affects our life today. And Mooney, uh, during the break, we were kind of talking about 
uh, a question that you had for Andy about, you know, astrologically, what's what's happening now in the in the present, like just what's going on in our world right now? Yeah. And specifically, I think this has been a really challenging week in the United States and all around uh, all around the world with some of the tragedies that have happened and some of the communications that have been coming out of, you know, the Oval Office and, and the challenges and the way people feel and the stress and anxiety around it. And I'm just wondering, like, what is in store for the United States? What's coming or what can we see ahead in terms of where we are as a country? Well, so it's it's interesting that you ask that because the, the U.S. chart at the moment is going through a once-in-a-lifetime uh, transit. So here's what's happening. Um, so when you look at a birth chart, all these planets are moving around it. And so, for example, Mars takes two years to do one full circle. Jupiter takes 12. Saturn takes about 28 to 30. Pluto takes approximately 244 years or so to do one circle around the chart, which means that no human ever experiences what's called a Pluto return because we don't live to the age of 244. But uh, the U.S. chart will have a Pluto return on February 21st, 2022. Uh, but the effects, because Pluto moves so slowly, the effects will really start to be felt around January of 2021. Um, it'll be in effect until about October 2023. So we're talking about archetypes earlier. So Pluto's archetypes are darkness or, or the shadow that's not being talked about, death and rebirth, deep transformation, purging, power, intensity. And so what we're coming up to here with the U.S. chart is a time when a lot of the things that have been festering underground, Pluto rules, whatever is underground, are going to be coming to the surface to be acknowledged and reexamined and to do something with. So the U.S. is about to enter and it's, you know, it's um, gearing up to enter a period of intense transformation like no other in history. How it plays out depends entirely, of course, on who is at the helm. Now, I will say that um, in 2020, we have a few transits happening globally, but also in the U.S. chart. Uh, we're having some planets getting together in Aquarius, which is the planet of progressive thinking and ideals. And I do think that th that, that whole decade of 2020 is going to bring some big, big changes, revolution, that, that doesn't mean anything violent by any means. But what's happening now is that a lot of things that have been festering for a long time unaddressed are coming to the surface so that once and for all they can be um, done away with. But of course, um, once that's done, I think it'll be a time of, um, you know, it, people will be glad that it was addressed. But while you're going through it, it's very intense. So that's really what's happening. And that's why I'm not surprised to see what's happening because it, it plays right into the astrology. And what about from now until the end of the year? Can you see some trends in the stars right now in the planets that you could share with us? Um, you mean in general for the U.S.? Yeah, in, in general for us, you know, here in the U.S., so, I mean, the next six months, it's, it's kind of more of the same. Um, the one thing that, that'll change a little bit is that in December, Jupiter will enter Capricorn. It'll be there for a year. Um, and I think that will actually help to start, to start giving us a little bit more structure 
about how we actually address these issues. Right now, Jupiter is in Sagittarius. Um, and Sagittarius, um, while it can be, definitely can be very optimistic, but it, it sometimes lacks concrete ideas. So there can be a lot of talk and no action. I think once Jupiter enters Capricorn December 2nd, it'll be there for about 12 months. I think that in 2020, we'll start to see perhaps actual concrete, maybe policies being actually uh, talked about and some kind of action and not just words. Uh, but the big change is really happening, like I said, 2021, 22, 23. Wow. So I'm going to keep my eye out. <laughs> so interesting. Mooney, here, I'm going to put you on hold so you can listen. And then I'm going to grab a caller here and we will take line two and go to Heather in Austin, Texas. Hi, Heather. Th thanks for calling in. Hi, Diane. How are you? I'm good. And you're here with Andy, Astrology by Andy. I'm so excited. I have a Hello. About being... <laughs> Hi, Andy. I'm, I have a question about being a cusp. Like the only mm -hmm. reading that I've ever had that was like a full chart, um, the, the person, I'm not sure, she was probably not as expert as you are. She was saying that I was, I was born at 11.23 p.m. right on a cusp between Cancer and mm -hmm. Leo. And that even like my whole life, I read certain charts and they'll say, oh, you're a Cancer. And other ones will say, oh, you're a Leo. And I just wondered what your take was on all that. Or do you think it's definitive or do you end up being like a blend of one or the other? Excellent question. There's no such thing as being born on a cusp. So in fact, one thing that I'm going to do while I'm on the phone with you, we're going to figure out once and for all what sign you actually are. Um, right. because you need to know that because there's no such thing as being born on the cusp because the sun is either going to be at the very last degree of a sign or the very beginning of another one. So there's no such thing as being in between anything. Um, so let's see here. So when were you born, Heather? July 23rd, 1958. Okay. And this is, uh, what time? In the, in the 1123 PM. And it was the East Coast, Miami, Florida. Okay, so I'm putting that information here into my into my system. So you are a Leo. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Yes. So let's see here. Let me just pull up something else. Uh, I'm, uh, let's see. You are. Yeah, you are a Leo. So here's the thing. You're a Leo because your um, your sun is at zero degrees in 47 minutes of leo so that is definitely your sign scorpio moon aries ascendant um so yeah you're, you're definitely not a cancer at all well that's really good to know interesting that other astrologer with read the chart and they're like you're so close to mm -hmm. like a definitive one or the other and it was kind of confusing. So when I see, you know, sometimes in newspapers or whatever, even it'll have like, it'll read me as a cancer instead of a Leo. Should, should I just disregard that and read the Leo instead? Yeah. So here's the thing. So you do want to read for Leo, but for example, um, you are, an, your ascendant is an Aries. You're a late Aries rising, which means that if you're going to be reading horoscopes, actually, that are, that talk about. Uh, some horoscopes, you know, talk about your 10th house of career and your fourth house of home and family. If you're doing that, you actually want to read for like a Taurus because that matches up with your house placements. And that's where, that's why like 
an actual reading will actually be more, you know, more beneficial. But if you're reading horoscopes, you want to read Leo if they mention like um, the dates of birth. So if they say, for example, if you were a Leo born the first 10 dates of the sign, you want to read that. But any horoscope okay. that talks about houses, you actually want to read for Taurus because that'll match up with your house placements. Oh, wow. That sounds like I need a new reading. Yeah, that's really confusing. And I actually wanted to ask you because, so looking at your chart right now, okay, so right now you have Saturn right on your midheaven. So the midheaven is where the 10th house of career begins. It's a very sensitive angle. It's also opposite what we call the IC, which is where the fourth house of home and family begins. It's a very sensitive angle. And you have your midheaven at 15 degrees of Capricorn. And Saturn is actually right now at 15 degrees of Capricorn. Um, It's been there for a few weeks. It'll be there until October, November. Um, So usually when Saturn is at at the top of your chart, um, there's either some kind of milestone taking place or a status change. Uh, There could be a move just because it's opposite your IC or changes with career. So... That's an effect from pretty much July of this year until mid-November. Hmm. Well, that's Are you planning on any moves I, or anything? Well, I don't know about moves, but um, I, my, my father just passed away, and that was quite an incredible experience. And um, my mother and sister have already passed away, so now I feel a great sense of uh, it's me. I'm here. And so I'm so that would be a status uh, change. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like my literal career or moving physically. It's more like how I feel I've moved in the world. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, because again, if we're talking about um, archetypes, Saturn is about, um, you know, limits and well, Saturn also rules a father figure, by the way. Uh, But Saturn is also about things kind of suddenly taking on, um, more seriousness or there's a little bit more of a sense of getting your ducks in a row. You know, Saturn is a planet of, of adulthood that can sometimes um, jolt us into realizing that we need to maybe take care of certain things um, or think about things a little bit more seriously, if, if you will. Hmm. That's a really interesting. Well, career wise, I love my career. I love what I'm doing, but I've been fiddling around with writing for a few years and I've I'd really like to do something. I really want to start another book, but I have a manuscript finished, and I don't really know what to do with it. So maybe some of that will move between now and November. Yeah, that could be. And another thing, too, that's interesting is that, you know, on January 21st of this year, 2019, we actually had an, um, an eclipse, a lunar eclipse, right on zero degrees of Leo. Um, and so when you have a lunar eclipse on your, um, you know, on your actual sun, um, that also shows a period of six months when there's um, usually things are being wrapped up or things are coming to a close, or it's a year where you're being asked to close a certain chapter so you can start a new one. That resonates for sure. That definitely resonates. Yeah, that's really good. I bet You have to get in touch with Andy happy. for sure. I know. He's really, really different. The, the other experience I had was not this good. <laughs> it was, sounded like a lot of uh, confusion because she didn't really know where to put me or 
I sounded, I, you sound a lot more searching. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, be a proud Leo. I'd love to. Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Diane, for letting me speak to Andy. I really appreciate it. Oh, of course. And thanks for calling in and uh, checking out the show. You're awesome, as always. Oh, thank you. I so appreciate that. I will always be, whenever I can, I try to listen. You know that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And we have you another caller here we're, we're going to jump to real quick. Thanks, Heather. Uh, let's thank go you. to line one, and we will talk to Carol and bring her on. Carol, thanks for calling in, and welcome to the show. You're on with Andy. Hi, Diane. Andy, how are you today? Hey, Carol. Great. I I am curious as far – I'm a Sagittarius, and I was just curious as far as work um, opportunities, what I can look for. And so, Sagittarius, what, 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 what date were you born, Carol? Um, November 29th. Okay. Um, so let's see here. All right. So on November 26, we're going to have a new moon at four degrees of Sagittarius, which is just a few degrees away from where your sun is. And so, you know, we have a new moon in Sagittarius once a year. Um, and when a new moon is on your sun, in your sign, especially so close to your sun, that opens up um, a really good window for new starts and new beginnings. So I'd be looking at what would be happening um, definitely between November 26th, you know, November 26th to December 15th. But definitely that would be a very good time to, to seek new projects, seek things out, um, see if you can network because uh, that moon will be very, very helpful. We're also going to have a very nice moon for you um, on September 28th at five degrees of Libra. And, you know, Libra is only 60 degrees away from Sagittarius, so that means that the energies blend very well. So that new moon will also uh, potentially open some doors for you as well. Um, that, I would say, you know, over the next few months will be the best two windows of time for you that I see as far as good times to, to start things off and, and see if you can uh, get some doors opened. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And You're very welcome. Maybe she should send out, you know, what would be a good time to kind of set the stage and send out resumes and that kind of thing? So whenever there's a new moon, you want to utilize the, the 14 days following that. Um, so that's very important. And what you definitely don't want to do. So the, the three days prior to a new moon are what's known as a balsamic moon. And that's when things are wrapping up, when the energy is low. It's not fertile for new beginnings. So case in point, we have a September 28th new moon in Libra, a November 26th new moon in Sagittarius. So the three days before each of those is when you don't want to be sending resumes or contacting people. You want to wait until that new moon takes place, and you want to try to concentrate all your efforts in the first 14 days or so. Okay, oh, perfect. Interesting. It there is. you go. Thank so you. now you have now you have a little a little bit of a, a game plan to go on. And oh, you didn't mention what time of of day you were born. Do you know when you were born, Carol? I was born at five thirty-five in the morning. And I am not a morning person, but I came into the world in the morning. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, actually, so since you have your time, let me just actually make your chart here really quickly. So you said November 29th. What year? Mm -hmm. Sixty-two. Sixty-two. 
And you said 5.30 a.m.? Yeah, 5.35. 5.35, okay. And where were, were you born? In Illinois, central Illinois. What what town or city? Decatur. Okay. See, I was yeah, an early the, morning baby too. Um, okay, so let's see here. Oh, and I also I also want to tell you about um, January twenty twenty. Why that will also be a very good time as well. I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, so looking at your chart here. Oh, okay, that's really nice. So. Um, you have, let's see here. So a Scorpio, Scorpio rising. Um, so there's definitely some, a good amount of, of intensity here. Um, and you have, you know, you have Mercury conjunct your, conjunct your sun, which means that I'm sure you're very communicative. Um, you love to communicate. You're actually probably a very skilled communicator, writer, speaker, everything of that sort. Um, what's happening in 2020 is that you're going to have Mars. This will be very good, actually. And it starts actually earlier. It starts um, in December. You're going to have Mars crossing over your ascendant. Let me give you the exact date for that. Because um, you have your ascendant at 19 degrees of Scorpio. And the ascendant is where the first house of self begins. So anytime a planet crosses over that, we do get kind of a boost. So on December 12th of this year, and this happens once every two years, so it's not that common, you're going to have Mars crossing over your ascendant. And thinking of archetypes, Mars is about assertion, action, um, you know, fight, having a fighting spirit, having energy, vitality. And so Mars is going to be crossing over your ascendant. And then in 2020, it'll be uh, in your first house until, let me see here, until late, until about January 30th. In your first house, giving you a lot of magnetism and energy. And not only that, but also in January 2020, Mars will be on your sun and on your Mercury, which means that you're going to have, you know, very persuasive energy. Um, you're going to kind of shine more than usual. So it looks to me like... Um, you do have that Libra moon that'll help in late September, but I think once we get to November 26 with that new moon in Sagittarius, then we have Mars crossing your ascendant, December 15th, and then January 2020, all this really nice Mars energy. Um, that looks to be a really, really nice time. Excellent. That sounds so great. Get through the summer, make, Carol. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah. The fall and, and next year look great. I'm ready for yeah. it. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Of course. Have a good one. You Thank too. You. Bye bye. That's great. I love how you can get uh, so exact and give people dates, you know, and time frame. So things are looking good for her career shift or possibly, you know, new job situation or, or something like that. New opportunities will begin to show up uh, later in the year in the fall and then again in the beginning of the year, uh, January in 2020. Yeah, and that's one of, the, one of the great things about astrology, that sometimes if things are going a little bit slowly for you, you know, hearing that, well, right now it's, there's just not much happening career-wise in your chart, it takes away some of that anxiety because you know that it's, that it's just part of the process. Um, and another thing that, I, I know she's not on the line anymore, but um, another thing that'll happen this fall is that she will have Jupiter, which is about 
opportunities and expansion, forming what's called a trine, 120 degree angle, things are flowing well with her Mars um, in her chart. So that'll also be, so case in point, November, December, January, I think will be, there's a lot of potential there. So, um, and that's one of the things I like about astrology too, is that, you know, just once you know your time, I'm able to see these houses and where everything else is placed, and then I can give much better information. Right. So anyone listening, if you'd like a real in-depth reading, you know, Andy can really get more detailed with you, then just go to your website, astrologybyandy.com and check it out. And then you could really spend a lot of time with someone, but that was great information. I mean, you know, when you know the best time to send out your resumes where you're not wasting your time and and following up with people, it it really makes a difference. Yeah. You know, and that's why also um, it, it goes back to the idea of, if you think about farming, you know, the, the farmer's almanac and everything like that, because it's about farmers know that when you plant seeds has a lot to do with, you know, how how big or not of a harvest you're going to have. It's a similar idea with astrology. You know, with astrology, when you start something, it's really important. So that's why I was saying you don't want to start something new a day before a new moon because it's just not the most fertile soil to which, uh, in which to plant things. And speaking of the moon, we had a weird moon recently, didn't we? I I was reading something about this. It was called a black moon or something like that. Did you hear anything about Mm. that? Well, so here's the thing. So those names actually don't have much astrological significance. And even things like the super moon, you know, when the moon appears larger. So in that sense, those don't don't mean anything astrologically. What does have a lot of meaning is eclipses. So a solar eclipse it's like a new moon times 10 and a lunar eclipse, like a full moon times 10. So if an eclipse falls on your birthday, that usually does mean that the coming year is going to be one of significant changes because an eclipse is given astrological importance. Um, but that's the only uh, type of moon, so to speak, that, that we give any weight to. The other things um, doesn't make a moon more powerful than another. Oh, that's interesting. See, I never knew that. I always thought the moon, mm-hmm. you know, those different different names and phases really had a lot more significance than they do. But what what is the moon rule in astrology? Yeah, so the moon is, is uh, you know, it, it's very good to know your moon because, of course, everybody knows um, their sun. But whereas, you know, the sun is our identity and life purpose, the moon is about emotions. It's about what we need to feel emotionally safe and nourished. And that's why, you know, people want to talk about romantic compatibility. Forget your sun signs. You want to make sure that your moon signs are in sync because the moon is what I need to feel safe. And if person A has a moon in Aries and person B has a moon in Cancer, they're going to have very different ideas of what emotional safety looks like. And that can be... um, an issue if you don't know that about the other person. Um, The moon also has to do with the relationship with our mothers growing up in our formative years. Um, And also about the subconscious energies that we um, live through in our family dynamics that then as we become adults can play out in, in our emotional choices. So The moon is really interesting to know about because that's where you start to see a lot of emotional patterns that are unconscious and subconscious that you can then help people unlock. Um, 
so that they don't fall into the same maybe emotional pitfalls over and over. That's good to know. I never knew that about the moon. That's interesting. I mean, I did know the moon. I mean, as a cancer, I, I feel the moon, you know, I'm called the moon child or moon baby um, mm -hmm. in astrology. And I do feel emotionally uh, the, the push and pull of the moon as it goes through its, its cycle. You know, like on, on a full moon, sometimes I will notice I'll feel more emotionally charged or things might might hit me a little more you know, mm -hmm. a little harder than it might any other time. Um, so that that's good to know, you know, and especially with relationships. And we've just got two minutes left. I knew I knew the hour would fly by, I told you. In the yeah. email. It goes by fast. Um, but since you mentioned relationships, like how much stock do you really put in that? Like if you really fall for someone and then you find out, oh, he's a this, you know, or mm. oh, her sign doesn't really, really work with mine. I mean, how much can can you work with that? Are some people yeah, just not you, compatible? You definitely cannot say anything just based on sun signs. Uh, there's something called synastry. Synastry is when you compare two people's charts and you look at everything. So here's what your Saturn does to their Venus. Here's what your Ascendant does to their Mars. Here's what your Moon does to their Jupiter. And that's how you start looking at compatibility. Um, but when you do synastry, the whole point of it is to teach people how to better relate to one another. So there's no such thing as a perfect synastry chart or a synastry chart that says you definitely should not be together, but you want to look at the entire chart, not just the suns. Right, and the information is there in the stars. Thank you so much, Andy. Uh, our time's wrapping up, but I want people to check you out online, astrologybyandy.com. And thank Andy. you so much for astrology spending time. Andy. Oh, I'm sorry, astrologywithandy.com. Yes. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.